This is 15 Minutes to Freedom. I'm your host, Elite Life Optimization Coach Ryan Nidell, and today is day two from Rhythmia, Life Advancement Center down in Costa Rica. So on day two is the first time that Lindsay and I get to experience plant-based medicine, ayahuasca. And I'm recording this at 2.10 a.m., which is really 4.10 a.m. for what Lindsay and I are accustomed to. We're two hours behind. And so it's almost been a full 24 hours that I've been awake. Uh, but don't feel tired at all. But I'm going to walk you through how today has went so far. Woke up early, had quite a bit of work to catch up on and get done so that I was able to be fully present in today's experiences. And even that was a fallacy. And I say that based off the fact of knowing that there were additional things I had to get done throughout the day in order to achieve what I was looking to achieve in the business realm. So that's something that I'm working on while I'm here. But our day starts here with getting up. Lindsay went to yoga at 7 a.m. until 8. I hit the gym as I typically would. Knocked out what I would call my elite eight. And then her and I proceeded to go have an incredible breakfast of all farm-to-table, admittedly low-protein, but high-quality food. Now, this is done with intentionality based off the fact of those high-protein meals are more difficult to digest and typically then end up with a higher possibility for some sort of gastro-internal issues, if you will, during an ayahuasca ceremony. So all this is done with incredible intentionality. Breakfast as it sat was truly phenomenal, but in typical Lindsay and Ryan fashion, we didn't get to breakfast until 8.30, and our day started promptly at 9. At 9 o'clock, we got the opportunity to spend time, not one-on-one, in our group setting. There's Currently 60 or so of us here at the resort, but we spent time with Jerry Powell, the founder of Rhythmia, and he gave us his background and one of the most charismatic and enjoyable, I can't even call it speeches or presentations, just he's just such a gregarious and outgoing individual and his stories and the way that he delivers them are so impactful that he walked through essentially his book shit the moon says. And if you haven't picked up the book, I would heavily, heavily encourage you to do it. It'll give a whole different idea of what ayahuasca and plant-based medicine really is. His initial entry point was a boga on another modality for this type of healing. And so he goes through an hour and a half presentation about just him and how this resort has come to be and some of his successes and shortcomings. And that eventually spins into us getting a deeper understanding of what to expect during ceremony. And ceremony, in case you're curious, ends up being what it is referred to as we are taking ayahuasca as a group. He goes through the purging that can happen. Yes, you know, typical response is going to be either vomiting, diarrhea, sweating, ticks, anything you come up with, which is essentially your body processing repressed emotions. 
those things that we've swallowed that were most likely a subconscious trigger where we didn't feel empowered enough to voice our opinion, and so we swallowed them. And he had an incredible example where it's essentially like every time you had one of those emotions, you put in a plastic bag and you swallowed it. And as you go through these plant-based medicine ceremonies, it's essentially like getting those plastic bags melted in your stomach and all that stuff just starts bouncing around and has to go somewhere. That's the purging effect. Now, the purging effect didn't bother me in the slightest, right? Like there was no trepidation on my side. It was almost just expected to me, right? It's like a rite of passage kind of. Really not dissimilar from the mental state that I had going into Kara J. White's Warrior Week, right? It's like, I know there's going to be a bunch of tough stuff that goes on. I know there's going to be lack of sleep. I, I'm anticipating something that's much worse, but it's a rite of passage. There's only so many people that get to go through it. And here this resort has been around for four or maybe five years now. And we are basically some of the, we're very close to 5,000 people that have come through this compound. It's really incredible when you think about it. Five years, 5,000 people, all going out and making an impact in the world. And I say that because Jerry stated very clearly that he believes all of us to be either light workers or light warriors. And that is why this resort was created, was knowing that once he put it out there, the right people would come here at the right time to go out and spread the message as they saw fit. And so we, we bounced through the different aspects of what it would be to just go through the ceremony, the different types of experiences we could have. Um, there's a, a specific way that aliens come into play. Which is, which is very fascinating. There's a, a certain healing that goes on. And the best way that it can be described is that it's just a higher being and one of three entities that comes. And so by this point, we're getting up to, I believe, 12 o'clock, give or take, maybe 12.15. Linton and I have an additional meeting with their audio-video team, scheduling out interviews and just what's going to go on throughout the week. And then we have a little bit of downtime. And to start the downtime, we get to have lunch. Another incredible meal. The food here uh, by Meg is a woman's name that's a chef on staff. Is some of the best food that I can remember having. Like it's really just such high quality food. It's so clean. It tastes so good. That laughingly, like I'm going up for, you know, one full plate, a second full plate, because I'm starving, right? This food's a little bit different than what I'm accustomed to eating. And, you know, Lindsay's saying, like, you know, shouldn't eat that much, you're going to get sick. And uh, a couple other people at our table are, are commenting the same. And I said, no, nah, I think I'm going to be fine. I'm, I'm, I'm not even a little bit worried about it. So have some food. There's a, another open workshop seminar for us to potentially go to. Linz and I opted out of it uh, only based off wanting to relax. So we came back to the room, uh, did a, a little bit more work for about an hour, and then headed out to the spa. And in the spa, we ended up going through a 10 or 15 minute steam room session, which was followed by a mud bath, 
where you stand outside and essentially let this mud harden and then wash it off and it purifies and detoxifies the skin. So her and I both did that. And then fascinatingly enough, they have a hot and cool pool here. Imagine a, gosh, I guess a hot tub would be the right terminology, but it's this concrete structure where, you know, could certainly sit 10, 12 people very easily. And so we've been going back and forth, right? Doing the hot and cold, much like I do in the shower. So incredibly relaxing, incredibly calming, right? Just her and I spending time together. And then we look down and realize that it's 3.45, give or take. That only becomes relevant because at 4 o'clock, we have what I'll call an enema. I don't know if it's even the right term. I'm being told by my lovely wife who's laying in bed waiting for me to get there that it's a colon cleanse. Now, I'm a big fan of coffee enemas. Right? Like I'm, I'm in it to win it with those. Lindsay and I do those um, maybe more than we should, maybe not enough, certainly more than occasionally. And so for me, this is going to be no big deal. Just another walk in the park. Well, we, on the way to our, our colon cleanse, we stopped by the Novacell Treatment Center. And Novacell ends up being stem cell therapy that they offer here on campus. So they have some different rules and regulations in Costa Rica as it pertains to stem cell therapy and what what's required to get it done. And Lindsay and I are both getting treatments of that later in the week, which will be exciting to report back on. I believe that's going to be on Friday. But we go into this wonderful building that has numerical doors, all very solid wooden doors, very clean setting. I believe there's 10 doors. The nurse walks us into one. There's this platform that's elevated with this rubber, I call it half moon receptacle that very obviously is supposed to be where your rear end slides into as you're laying on your back and your feet are up on the wall. Now inside this receptacle, there's a tube, of course, that goes, you can only imagine where, that you get to lube up with coconut oil that they have. You take off your drawers, you do all that, you put a blanket over yourself, and then you press a yellow or you press a button on the wall. The button on the wall triggers a light that lets a nurse know to come in. And as she comes in, she basically releases the valve and it's a steady st- flow water treatment. And so the colon cleanse is just consistent water for 40 minutes. Now our coffee enemas, it might take four minutes to get the solution into where the sun doesn't shine. And then from there, you're holding it for maybe 10 minutes, maybe 15. Pretty relaxing, a little different because you're holding it. This is a completely different sensation. We're actually instructed the entire time to push, right? To push everything out that we feel. And so I can't help myself but do everything in a fairly extreme fashion. I push. And I push and I push and I'm 25 minutes in. And as I push, I feel a bunch of things release. So much so that I also released the tube. So 
So I still have 15 more minutes left. I can hear the water running into the receptacle and I, I feel all types of different feelings down in that part of my body as I'm on this elevated platform with my rear end slid into this receptacle and feet up on the wall. And I'm actually messaging Lindsay because she's in the adjacent room and she's talking about how good she feels. And it's maybe four or five minutes after I realize that I've lost my tube and I share it with her. And of course, she's laughing at me as I'm laughing at myself. So I think, okay, th there's got to be a way to put this back in. Like, I'm sure it's going to be a little dirty. I'm sure it's going to be a little messy, but we can figure this out. Right? I'm supposed to do this for a certain amount of time. It, it, it's done in sequential order for a reason. And so I, I move the blanket that's covering my, my bottom half and, and slide my rear end back and look down in this receptacle. And I realize there is zero chance in the world I'm putting my hand anywhere in there. I mean, there is stuff everywhere. Like I had no idea how much stuff I had pushed out, but there's, I mean, let's go back to the days of our youth just for a moment. And you might remember, like at least in, in my youth, I remember it was a big deal to go to the local ice cream shop, right? The one that had the little, the little cheap cones and literally the, it seemed like they only had three flavors. It was vanilla, swirl, and chocolate. Now I was always one of those ones I like a twist, right? I like both. But as I slide back and I see what's not even down in the hole of the receptacle, like it's on the it's on the the brim of it, right? So it's still there. It's just this gigantic pile of brown soft serve ice cream, to call it as politely as I can. So I can't get my hand down in it. I can't move around it. There's nothing I can do there. And there is literally shit everywhere. So now I have to just lay there for the next 15 minutes, waiting for the 40 minutes to be over. Nurse comes in. She's, you know, chatting. And she says, you know, they're, they're going to give us chlorophyll now. Because chlorophyll does certain things to the body. And she goes in the whole spiel. And all I'm trying to do is sit there and, like, hold it together because she's going to put in this other bucket and as soon as she puts it in and opens it, she's going to hear the water. Like it, she's not supposed to hear anything because the stuff's supposed to be going in me and it's, it's going to go into the receptacle as well. And no big surprise. That's exactly what happens. So now that the time is up and our instructions were basically just to get up and put your clothes on, go about your day. They take care of all the cleanup. When I get off the bed, I realize that is just not possible with the mess that I've left behind. No self-respecting man would leave this contraption in the state of disarray that I was about to. So now I'm scouring the room. Like, what, 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 are, my, what are the tools that I have? Now, granted, keep in mind I have a, a t-shirt on, nothing from the waist down, traipsing around this what I'll call eight by 12 room looking for something to clean up the mess. And as luck would have it, there's a box of Kleenex tissue over in the corner. Like, all right, this is perfect. But as I'm walking, I realize some things must've happened to me when that tube came out. You know, things are a little more lubricated on my backside than they should be. 
So I do what any, again, self-respecting man would do. Take one of those tissue papers, Kleenex, whatever you'd like to call it, and I wipe where the sun doesn't shine. And I do that. Of course, cleaning myself up. Then I realize there's nowhere to put this tissue paper. So now I have no drawers on, a clean rear end, and a handful of dirty tissue paper. Don't even, we haven't even addressed the receptacle that still needs adjusted. So of course I get more tissue paper, more tissue paper, more tissue paper, and I, I end up pushing and cleaning off that area the best that I possibly can. Now, of course, there's also a towel that I've been laying on that has been soiled as well. So I very, <laughs> very uh, indiscreetly fold the towel in such a way that when the nurse comes in, she's not going to see this giant track mark on the towel. And so that, that's how my colon cleansing went, right? And that, it's a 40-minute 40, 40 session. It really takes about 55 and so we have just enough time to come back to our room, shower, and then get to the ceremony. Now, admittedly, I felt no anxiousness. I felt no angst. I was not nervous. It's almost like this has been two or three years in the making for me. I've wanted to do this for a very long time. Lindsay, on the other hand, is we'll have a, a joint episode had a much different level of complexity to her mental anguish coming into this. So we both shower to clean up, make sure that we're clean, right? Be, be as pure as we can going into the maloka, as it's called. And start time is 5.30. Well, there's 60 of us standing around outside the the Maloka, everybody has a certain nervous energy to them. I'm standing, feet in the grass, just smiling, just waiting. Complete bliss. Everything is good. Lindy, on the other hand, palms are a little sweaty, a little nervous, a little shaky. But that'll be her story to tell. We eventually all enter into this Maloka, and all of all the 60 of us have our own individual mats with clean linens, new blankets, new towels, new pillows, a very nice white bucket at the base of our bed that's so eloquently branded with the Rhythmia insignia on the side. And we find our own places. Lindsay and I, with intentionality, do not sit next to each other. Uh, based off energy transfer, right? I'm a very protective individual of her. And if she was going through a rough experience, I thought it would take away from our collective experience. Oddly enough, that was backed up by Jerry in the morning. But as I made mention yesterday, Jeff, the man that did our client intake, uh, as far as the physician on staff, actually recommended we do do it together. So there were some conflicting messages there, but Lindsay and I opted for seats close to each other, but not right next to each other. We sit there, and again, you can feel the nervous energy building up in the room, and these two very soft-spoken German female shamans are leading the ceremony. And they 
call us up and instruct us what's going to happen and what the ideas are. And the first part of the journey starts with individuals around the room having this tobacco blend that is put into a specific type of pipe and shot into your nose, both sides, both nostrils. It's a very interesting feeling, right? Because I've never smoked a cigarette, a cigar, a pipe. And so having that tobacco in my nose and then clearing my sinuses and doing all types of things left me with this very disconnected, buzzing, almost high feeling. Admittedly for me, it was really enjoyable. The, the burn and the sensation wasn't that bad. Eyes watered for just a moment. The man that administered it said a little prayer as he put in my nose and all was well with the world. So you sit there for four or five minutes and you let that take effect and then eventually you, you clean out your nasal passages, right? You clear your throat. And that's when you start to spit that solution into a bucket. It goes on and on. And eventually the lights become dim and the shamans invite us up to take the medicine. And this is a very ritualistic experience. This isn't, it feels very sacred. It's not a rush thing, right? There's two lines that are formed because of the two shamans and they say a prayer over each glass of the, it's actually the size of a shot glass. They say a prayer over each glass as they hand it to you and you set an intention when you drink it. And this takes some time. It's about halfway back in the first first line. Say my intention. Which here, they have three intentions that they recommend that you adhere to to maximize your experience until you get your first breakthrough. And that's essentially show me who I've become, merge me to my soul at any cost, and heal my heart. And so those are those are the intentions that I set. Drink the drink, go back to your, your station, right, your bed, and then essentially sit straight up, right? My back's against a wall. Uh, they ask you to do that to make sure you don't become sick, you know, don't induce any vomiting early. So, sitting there 30, 35, 40 minutes as instructed, start to look around, open my eyes, see some people are laying down, so I decide I'm going to do the same. And I'm laying and laying and waiting and eyes are closed and repeating these, these intentions over and over again, just from a place of being open to whatever I'm about to experience. And nothing happens. I, I don't feel anything from it. At this point, the shamans are starting to sing their Icarus. It's a shamanic poems, songs, things that are in a language that's unfamiliar to me, but it's very soothing. Right? It's very rhythmic. There's, It's just a very incredible place to be. And there's so much energy in the room. It's really, really exciting. But after about an hour... They pause on, on saying their Icarus and say, you'd like to come up for more? Please come up for more. Now, Jerry had told us in the morning session that if you could still basically walk and talk and see and everything was normal, you should definitely get up for the second second order. Well, this one, I'm completely normal. 
So, of course, I pop right up for the second order. Fully expecting I'm like one of two people. It's better than half the room. Now, mind you, the other half of the room is crying, laughing, vomiting, or getting up to use a restroom for essentially diarrhea. Next, I'm laying on this bed. I'm hearing all this happen. I'm like, well, where's mine at? Like, I'm expecting this to happen. It doesn't. So we're standing in line for the second second amount of ayahuasca, and there's still people getting sick, and it's just a very surreal moment where it's like this, you know, the duality of just how things work. And so I'm standing there and look over and see my wife, and she is not coming up for her second second batch. And so I drink it, set the same intention, go back to my bed, lay on, sit, sit vertical again for another half hour. At this point now, the lights are completely turned off. It's black, pitch black outside, and I'm assuming we're probably close to 8 p.m. And I sit, and then I eventually lay down, and I wait. At this point, it sounds as though every person in the room is is going through something, and I'm just laying there and laying there. And then eventually, I fall asleep. And come to find out, with the aura ring that I wear, I didn't wear my whoop because I didn't want the light to be distracting. I actually slept for about the next five hours. Now... When the lights came back on around 1 a.m., I admittedly was very frustrated, distraught. Everybody's sharing these breakthroughs, all these things I had, and healing and being able to talk to the mother and figure out all these things. And I'm like, man, I don't even, even feel anything, like almost nothing. There was a moment where I had to get up mid slumber and use the restroom where Things felt uh, a little disoriented, right? A sense depth perception was off, but nothing crazy. And so the people are sharing and sharing and sharing. I'm admittedly I'm getting more and more frustrated. Like, why? Why not me? But that eventually transitions into remembering what Jerry said in the morning session that there were essentially four different types of experiences someone could have and the the last experience he said is the one that you don't experience anything and that actually can be the most impactful because if you drink the medicine it's working no matter what no matter if you feel the purging or the projections or or not it's still in you and that in my gosh i forget the the culture but essentially that you when you're put on this earth there's this belief that there's two strings that come together that merge who you are. One string is the lineage of, of your ancestry, right? A father, his father, his father's father. And the other string is the, the direct transition of my soul. And that for those of us that fall asleep, that there's such deep work being done to heal something that was broken in that chain, that it makes it a more beautiful experience. So it gives me a, a mild amount of solace as here I sit at 
whatever time it is in the morning, 2.37, realizing that my wife has shared all these incredible things that she's discovered about herself. And I'm sitting there saying, all I did was sleep for five hours. Now, the wonderful part about this is there's four consecutive days of the plant medicine. And each day has its own intention, not intentionality, its own modality, right? The brew comes from a different place. There's different shamans. There's different energies. There's different things. And the shamans today made very certain to share with us that we shouldn't assume that because today was good or bad, that tomorrow would be the same. That every brew has its own energy to it, and every person receives their own gift, and that we should just be present with whatever it's going to be. And that's exactly what I plan on doing tomorrow. You know, fortunately we have much the same breakfast in the morning. Then we position ourselves into Eventually, we have a, a massage that gets that that we'll have together. We'll have an integration class with Jerry on what we learned from today, and then at five thirty p.m. we start all over again with another you know, six or so hours of ayahuasca. And so, the second day in, in Rhythmia has really just reaffirmed in me to have no expectations about what should be and to just be. The only thing I can say that I really, really took away from the ayahuasca itself was as I'm laying there drifting off to sleep and there's the two women chanting and, and, and sharing their you know songs. There's soft drums playing. There's people crying there's people vomiting there's people yelling it's like it's all very in my mind organized and rhythmic just a reaffirmation that we're all connected like all this is happening just as it's supposed to even if i can't understand why in the moment then that would be my my hope and my wish for you is that you realize that whatever you're going through right now whether good or bad is exactly what is supposed to happen, even if you can't understand why in the moment. And when you can start to really take that and, and hone that in, essentially if you, if you would find it, you would then own that message and then embody it, you'll find out that every day after, you're able to get shit done. <laughs>